The Mountaintop Podcast show notes can be found at www.mountaintoppodcast.com, where you can also subscribe to the newsletter and get a 25-minute call with me for free. Also, you're invited to join the Mountaintop Summit Facebook group. Look forward to seeing you there. Live from the mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Greetings, gentlemen, all of you all across the Fruited Plain, all over the United States and throughout this wonderful world of ours. Welcome to another edition of the Mountaintop Podcast. Today I have with me a friend of mine. We've known each other a few years now, and he is a dating coach out of New York City and all-around good guy, Mike Goldstein. Mike, how's it going, my friend? Dude, it's doing awesome. I'm happy to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. You know what? I used to say dude all the time, and then I had somebody leave me a crappy review about how I was a dude bro, and the thing they gave me a review for, I think I said dude twice in it. So I've been like incredibly on eggshells about saying the word dude ever, which is really a shame because growing up, all I did was ride BMX bikes and go surfing. So if anybody was ever born to say dude, it was probably me. So yeah, dude, man, welcome. Let's do it. Let's do Come this. Come on, thing. dude. Like Let's we've been down. in corporate America. We don't need that nonsense anymore. Oh, I know. No Let's kidding. have fun. Yeah. You know <laughs> what? You're going to laugh. I've had jobs where I wore a suit to work every day. Like seriously, not like, okay, we're going to make a man out of you. Wear a suit so you can go knocking door to door. Not like that. Although I respect that. But I mean, where I had to like meet with people who were all wearing suits. So I had to wear a suit. And at one time I had that proverbial closet full of suits like you see in the movies. Uh-huh. I had to wear a suit about three weeks ago, and I didn't have one. I did not have one suit. I was like, okay, this is a crisis. Now, obviously, it's a first world problem type of crisis. But, you know, I had to go to the thing with just like a blazer that I found. I mean, I had to dust off the shoulders. <laughs> That's how long it had been since I worn the blazer, right? So I go there, and I'll tell you, a third of the guys there obviously didn't own a suit. It was so funny. I mean, who wears a suit anymore unless you have to, right? No one wants to. They're not comfortable. My dad worked in the men's tailored clothing industry, and he's actually been a guest on this show, episode 100, if you want to hear my dad. That show's a lot of fun. You should listen to it if you're out there and haven't. But my dad was in the men's tailored clothing industry for years, and they all went out of business. I mean, he was out of a job by probably 1998, and they were you know, one of the companies that was one of the hangers on, but the big men's tailored clothing shops in this country, at least have all gone belly up. You know, it goes back 20 years now, you know, nobody wants to wear a suit anymore, but anyway, we digress because the real topic of today's show, which I'm apparently avoiding <laughs> is what women want. Now this show if you're a new listener to it, used to be called the Chick Whisperer podcast back when whispering was a thing and it was still politically okay to call women chicks. You know, I still call women chicks. Most chicks still call themselves chicks, but hey, there was just something about Chick Whispering that felt so 2005. So we changed the show to reflect the truth, which is that we talk about a lot more than just chicks around here. But you know what, Mike? The best shows are still about chicks. And chick whispering is the idea of trying to figure women out. And what better topic to surround trying to figure women out than this whole idea of what women want, right? Absolutely. So let's go ahead and dive right in. 
Now, this all was your idea. So when you think of what women want, Mike, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What I think is just they want men to put in some effort. They're really tired of men just sitting on the sidelines. And I'm sure you've got plenty of clients that are, you know, come from a place where they weren't texting the the woman, they weren't calling, they weren't going after them, they weren't being aggressive. And I think that's what women are really craving right now is a man that takes the bull by the horns and really goes after there and gets it. Um, What do you think about that, Scott? Well, I'll tell you what. In this day and age with the Me Too movement and everything, you don't hear the word aggressive used in tandem with how to treat women much nowadays. But I think I know what you're saying. Women want a man who knows what he wants and he boldly goes after it. Now, I'm assuming you're not using the term aggression to refer to anything violent, like we're going to slap women up, force anything on them or anything like that. But it's interesting how you'll hear women say things like, I want a man to take me. I want a man who knows what he wants. I want a man who's bold enough to come get me and, you know, have his way. And guys are thinking, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. How can that possibly be the case? Because it's so frustrating to hear real red-blooded women talk like that when most men are thinking, hey, you know what? If I so much as say hello to a woman, if I even look at her on the street and smile, I might be taken away in cuffs. But for most women, I agree it would be an overreaction to think they're going to react and turn to us in such a negative way simply for showing them attention or indeed boldly going after what we want. So I agree a thousand percent. Women are like, where are all the real men? And that doesn't mean you have to be macho, be able to win the Swedish wife carrying contest with them or something in order to turn them on or anything like that. It's simply a matter of not wimping out, showing them that you have the masculine qualities of being able to provide and protect and be a hero. Because frankly, like I've always said on this show and in my writings, Mike, that's what turns women on. That's what makes them horny is a man who knows how to act like a man in that respect, in the way women define it. You know, masculinity in the way femininity defines it. Yeah, that's spot on. And to your point, like you don't need to be, you know, this 250 pound football player to be masculine. You can be whatever you are. Maybe you're into, you know, playing video games or, you know, doing board games or watching sports or just none of this. Just be confident in what that is, present it and just go with that. And then, you know, pursue the woman that is into that stuff and say like, hey, I'm here. I'm into you. And, you know, would you like to grab a drink sometime or something? So that's kind of the aggression I'm talking about. And this is for everybody. It doesn't matter, you know, what you're into. You just need to find someone who's also into that and then go get her. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the caveat here is you're in New York City, which is a place where if you take longer than a millisecond to place your order when called upon at the deli, you'll basically get steamrolled by everybody behind you and the whole staff that works there. I get that. I understand that. But your point of men needing to be a little more assertive, a little more on the bold side instead of the timid side is very well taken. Because at first blush, when you're talking about women being really fed up that men don't show up, that they're kind of just being really passive, it rings true because a man, in order to make a woman feel safe and secure, has got to be able to do something. You know, you show me a woman who's nagging her husband, and I'll show you a woman who feels like she's got to carry the masculine stuff on her shoulders because the man's just sitting there like a bump on the log, not doing anything. And that is a fact. And you can talk to women all day long, and they will tell you that. Now, by the way, some of you are probably already rolling your eyes out there, shaking your head, going, okay, 
couple of Y chromosomes sitting up there trying to figure out what women want. Why the hell don't they just get a couple of women on the show and ask them? Well, two things there. First of all, if you ask women what they want, they may not be able to tell you. They just feel it. They just go with the flow. So indeed, a lot of women, even women who are experts, aren't necessarily going to be able to vocalize, put a finger on what it is that they actually want. Second of all, what fun would that be? I mean, the two of us sitting here conjecturing is worth a whole hell of a lot more laughs than any woman simply setting us straight. Besides, you know, what do we want? I mean, sitting here as men trying to figure out what we want and being able to even say that, if a bunch of women happen to have been listening, I wouldn't be able to answer. I know more about what women want by now than what most guys want. Because I'll tell you, every time I read an article or ask another guy what he wants, it is all over the place. I mean, most guys just want a hot chick who will give us a beer and make us dinner, I guess, you know, but I'm a little more complex than that. But yet I've been on radio stations and I will tell the women on there, even if they're very, very skeptical feminists who are trying to shoot a hole in my argument and frankly, maybe even have questionable motives for having me on their show because they just want to make me look bad. They'll always ask me, okay, smart guy, what do women want? And what I'll tell them is women want a man to hold them, tell them everything will be okay, and believe it. And there will often be a pause, but sometimes even hardline feminist women will go, well, you know what? Really can't argue with that. And another woman on the show will go, of course you can't argue with that. He pretty much nailed it. You know, she'll giggle, right? But I've indeed never had a woman argue with that. Now, it's a very simplistic thing to say, but in my mind, it's there's a lot of imagery there. <laughs> you know, a woman is all about safety and security. She wants to be freed up to be feminine. She wants to be freed up not to worry about her personal safety, her personal security. A lot of guys don't realize that when women go on dates, they're concerned about that because we as guys, you know, we're never concerned about that. So it's easy to be oblivious to it. But when we're the man who can provide a measure of safety and security in a woman's life, especially compared to being the one who's the problem, we're the one who's causing her to feel insecure or unsafe. We're doing a lot of what a woman wants right there, and we'll start seeing some very good feminine things in return, right? So what else do women want? Um, I think, you know, one of the big things that we're seeing here is let's look at a first date, right, Scott, and a second date. A lot of the time, men are going on these dates and trying to impress women. Like, oh, I've got this fancy job, and I've got this nice car, and I've got this great lifestyle. And then he goes and he starts talking, and he presents all this information and makes himself look big and shiny. And at this point in the evolution, women don't care about this. They do care about it, but they don't want to hear you talk about it. What they're more interested in is like exactly like what you said, is allowing them to be feminine. And allowing them to be feminine is making it safe for them to talk. And so what that is, is asking questions. So I think what women, especially on early on in dating, is they're looking for a man to be interested, not interesting. Yeah, I've always heard the term be interesting and interested. So I want to hear more about what you're saying, because I think you're absolutely onto something. When a guy dominates the entire date and it doesn't feel like he even cares about her, it just kind of vibes the woman such that, uh, you know what, this guy's probably just trying to get something. He's just in it for the sex because he's trying to impress me, which means he doesn't really care about me. He doesn't want to know. He's not curious. So I think you're absolutely onto something. And I do think you hit the nail on the head. 
Yeah, I mean, at the same time, though, I still have to defend these men. The men that are being interesting and presenting all this, you know, we just don't know any better. And I've done this, too, where I'm like, look at this cool life I have. And I'm thinking, all right, this girl's definitely going to love me because I'm so great. And I just didn't know any better. And once I realized, like, wait a second, if I, you know, stare at her in the eyes, I ask her questions and move conversation to things that she's interested in talking about, but then also I'm interested in hearing about. So I only direct questions towards things that I actually will enjoy listening to. All of a sudden the date gets on a much higher level of enjoyment. And then I can see if, you know, this partner makes sense for me. Um, Does that make sense, Scott? Well, yeah. And one of the things that you just said that I think deserves a little bit of elaboration is the idea that you're steering the conversation towards things you find interesting, but you're still letting her talk about what she's interested in and letting her tell you all about herself. That's a ninja tactic. And I love it because, you know, you're not going to let her control the conversation and talk about things that are going to bore you silly. You're hopefully going to talk about things that form a connection between the two of you. But as a man, you still do lead. You can still lead a conversation without being the whole conversation, without talking 90% of the time. And really what you're saying here, Mike, is a lot of what Dale Carnegie said in How to Win Friends and Influence People. Let people talk 90% of the time and they'll think you're a fascinating, incredibly interesting person and a wonderful conversationalist. And they're the one who did all the talking. That's spot on. And I mean, think about it. Whenever you're telling a story, maybe you're at a party or a small gathering and you're telling a story. When you're telling that story, you're having a great time, or at least you're not having a bad time. Whenever you're talking, you're not having a bad time. So if you get the woman to talk, she can't have a bad time on your date. She's having, you know, a pretty good time. And then once, you know, you're getting her talking about things you're interested in. And then, like Scott said, you guys are connecting and building that bond. Well, well, now you're now you're cooking with gas. You're on to something. Well, one of the things you said that I think which deserves a little bit more conversation is this whole idea of girls having fun. As the saying goes, as Cindy Lauper once sang at the top of her lungs, girls just want to have fun. And that's another very baseline example of what women want. Women are all about the party. Women are all about dancing when nobody's looking. Women are all about having fun. When a woman is laughing, she's having fun. And as Marilyn Monroe once said famously, if you can make a woman laugh, you can make her do anything. But all these guys get all serious and they start talking about the stock market and how much, you know, they can't stand what's going on with politics. And the next thing you know, because women absolutely positively do follow a man's lead almost instinctively. Well, drop the almost. It's instinctively. All of a sudden they're getting all dead serious. You know, they're talking about depressing subjects. Guys, like you said, they just don't get it sometimes, Mike. You know, we're sitting here saying, you know, what in the world do women want? What do we know about that? We apparently want women to like us. We want to be sexually popular. And then we do everything in our power to talk ourselves out of the bedroom. Guys are showing up on dates talking about death and talking about guns and talking about really dark, cryptic subjects. And they're expecting that women are going to fall head over heels in love with them because of that. Uh, they'll get sexually pushy. And, you know, hey, look, guys will ask me all the time, hey, Scott, you know what? You talk about women liking sex as much as men. I just don't see it. Well, they don't see it because they're not doing anything sexy. You've got to turn women on with charm and with warmth, not with being pushy and wanting to get in their pants. 
right, Mike? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm 34 years old and, uh, you know, my fiance is in her 30s as well. And trust me, especially women in their 30s, when their sex drives at their highest, which we all know about, trust me, women want sex. Absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, you show some masculinity and make her feel safe and comfortable in your presence. Boom, right? Spot on. And just to go back on what you were saying, because this is, I want to highlight what Scott said. You talked about that uh, women want to have fun. But what he said earlier was women need to feel safe. So if they're able to have fun, they're really getting the intrinsic thing that they really want, which is safety. And that safety is not only physically, but emotionally. They want to feel safe to say whatever the heck they want out of their mouth and know that you're not judging them and that you accept you know, whatever comes out. And so I think what Scott said is, is absolutely perfect. Well, the default mode for women is to have fun. Mm-hmm. But somewhere south of that on Maslow's hierarchy is the idea of, you know, safety. You got to feel safe and secure before it's party time. But once you make a woman feel safe in your presence, once she trusts you, the default mode for women is laughing and having fun. Anytime you see a group of women on girls' night out, Tuesday night, you know, they're drinking chocolate martinis. They all have babysitters. They're laughing their asses off. Not one of them is a comedian. All of them are just simply having fun, right? Yep. So what else do women want? Let's figure this out. Do women want a man who's going to buy them things? Do they want to take all your money? Do they want to cuckold you? Um, is it all what the MGTOW guys are all afraid of? They're just looking for the guy who's higher status, and as soon as he comes along, they're going to drop you like a bad habit. Is that really how women are, you think? Um, that's such a great question. And I ask it honestly. I'm not loading the question. I think there's guys in this audience who are going to want the answer to that question. So let's throw it on the table. Absolutely. I think women, you know, Gary Chapman broke this down in his book of five love languages. And I think all you need to do is ask a woman, you know, what's her primary and secondary love language? So if all of us love the five love languages and we wouldn't mind getting any of them. But I think we all have a primary and secondary. And so if we look at that, it's um, touch. Um, words of appreciation, um, acts of service. Uh, Scott, help me out. What are the other two? Well, mine's English. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But people start throwing the five love languages at me and your attachment style and things like that. And really the only thing that comes from that is me telling a bunch of jokes that sound like they should be sold to Ron White. But love languages would be to me, a great date conversation. Yeah, sure. You know what? Figure out what they are. Get on a date and talk about them. But for me, it's always been about just seeing what the hell a woman's personality is like. Is she someone that I can connect with or not? And the more easygoing I am, the more comfortable she'll be with me. The less sex-focused I am, the hornier she'll get for me. The more masculine I am in the way a woman defines it, the more feminine she'll be for me. And the greater likelihood of what's commonly known as chemistry will start happening. And the warmer I am, the warmer she'll be. Uh, the more I relax, the more relaxed she'll be. Next thing you know, there's not a whole lot of problem connecting with another human being across the table from you, whether she's female and hot or otherwise. That's the way I've always looked at it. I just think people who like other people, men and women who like the other gender they're allegedly trying to attract, tend to do better. 
and tend to understand each other better. Because, see, I'm a little bit of a maverick in that I don't think men and women are that much different than each other. And I've said that a lot on this show. We're all humans. We all kind of get pissed off by the same things. We all tend to be overjoyed about the same things. And, you know, you can get on Twitter and see men and women absolutely ripping each other's hearts out. Equal opportunity. You know, it just depends on the kind of person you are. People who get offended easily suck, whether they're men or women. And I think it's all about the connection. You know, as far as Emily and I getting along for all these years and the way you and your fiance get along, I'm not sure I could tell you Emily's love language. I think she's rather complex. Touch, words humor, uh, honesty, connection, adventure, naughtiness, all of those things, I could write an entire case for being a love language unto themselves. And my wife and I share all those together. I guess we're multilingual when it comes to that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, you're spot on with having that diversity so that you can have happiness. Um, so, yeah, I think that's 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 right. But, you know, the main point here is it comes down to making women feel comfortable and seeing what they're like. Then you decide whether the two of you get along or not. And the easier a person we are to get along with to a wider variety of people, what I call being connectable, is really the big differentiator, which is going to decide whether you have chemistry with people or not. But, you know, as far as what women want, I think another thing we can talk about here, and I'll offer this is this whole idea of being girly. And I think most women deep down still like pink. They still like baking cookies. They still like getting their nails done. But some women, because of the crowd they're running with, feel like that's somehow going to make them look weak. That femininity and open displays of it make them somehow a throwback, an anachronism. And that femininity has to look more like masculinity nowadays, or it's not valid. But show me a woman who's trying her darndest to be a man in a man's world, and I'll show you a woman who under there, once you peel back the layers, once you accept her for the woman she is and validate her value as a feminine woman, just can't wait to be feminine. Now, there are examples, of course, where that's decidedly not true because everybody is unique. There are plenty of women out there who genuinely do not want to be feminine, just like there are plenty of guys out there who don't want to be masculine. But when we're talking about being out on a date with a woman who we find attractive, if you can coax that femininity out, if you can be playful in a way that causes her to have fun, it's amazing how like a butterfly emerging from a chrysalis, women will just absolutely explode in femininity and it's breathtaking. So I really do think women are looking for excuses to be feminine and looking to have that femininity validated, especially in the heat of what's going on politically in today's world. What do you think about that? I think the piece that drove the most emotion in me is when you said that Women still want to have these girly things like um, getting their nails done and loving the color pink and whatever. And that drove me nuts because I'm thinking like they need to be able to be themselves. And just as men, we want to be accepted for all our weird idiosyncrasies, whether we, you know, fart or play video games or whatever the heck we do that maybe as society in a whole looks at us and says, that's not, you know, attractive to the opposite sex. 
that's not what we're looking for. In real intimacy, in a real relationship, we want our woman to be herself. And even if we don't want to go get our nails done with her, we want her to loud and proud say, I love getting my nails done. And then she can go do that. And then you can go do whatever activity you want. You know, I think all of us want women to be themselves so that we can be ourselves. And then we mean the middle when we have stuff that we both enjoy together. You know, I can't help but smile uh, while you're talking because any guy who's ever made the grave error of asking his female friends how to pick up more chicks and be better with women has all heard the same frustrating response. Oh, just be yourself. And guys are saying in chorus back to all those women. What if being myself, quote unquote, isn't working? But ultimately, yes, we as men are looking for a feminine woman because we're masculine. And in turn, feminine women are looking for a masculine man because they're feminine. This is how the world has revolved for millennia. These are the catalysts of sexual attraction, which we talk about all the time. So two earthworms can't be sexually attracted to each other if they're asexual. If you want to get a date, if you want someone who's going to be more than just friends, you're going to have to be masculine and that's going to have to catalyze her femininity. So I absolutely couldn't agree more with you. And I will add to that also that it's a lot easier to attract women, to understand them, et cetera, et cetera, when you like them. Because most red-blooded people, regardless of gender, frankly, are going to spend a lot more time thinking about, studying, and being interested in that which they like. My son does not like to do math. He's a chip off the old block. So guess what? He doesn't do as well in math. But writing, doing videos, figuring out puzzles, doing speeches, he loves that. He could do it all day long. My daughter, you know, we're talking about femininity here. My daughter is six years old, and she is as girly as it gets. Long hair all the way down to her butt. Whenever she draws pictures of herself, it's all hair in the picture. She's got this cascade of hair in the picture she draws of herself. Wears pink and purple everything, little glittery ponies on her shirts and stuff. Then she goes out and she races bicycle motocross and she's a champion at it. And she's crashed and hurt herself and jumps up and races again and bangs bars. And it's a pretty intense sport for a six-year-old. Hey, there's no statute that says just because a woman is feminine and she's girly that she can't be strong and be empowered and do cool stuff like any guy can. That's not what we're talking about here. And I'll tell you what, by the way, that attitude. That realization, if you can have that with the women you meet, I would think this is especially true in New York, by the way, you're going to be a hero to women. Women are just going to love you. It's going to be like catnip. It's like, wait a minute, you respect women? You think we can be strong and empowered and, you know, and our thoughts and our ideas are just as good as any man's, yet you appreciate that I'm girly and got my nails done and like to wear pink? You know, can I marry you? <laughs> Give that one a try, guys. Try that one on for size and see how you do with women with an attitude like that. But I'll tell you what, just to kind of stoke this conversation here, I believe that if you like women and you seek to understand them like we're doing here, and then you're okay with your understanding of women. In other words, you don't try to understand women, get a modicum of such understanding, and then go, oh my God, these women are a pain in the ass. I wish they were more like men. You know, that third level there of actually being okay with how women are once you start understanding them is also like magic with women. And if you want to kick it into overdrive, enable it. 
not only do I like women, not only do I understand them, not only am I okay with my understanding of them, but I want more of it. And I'm going to be an instigator of femininity. Women will be lining up. They will be lining up to go out with you. And I'll prove it because for a man, it's the same in reverse. You find me a woman who likes men. Okay. Now, how hard is that to find nowadays? It's probably 50 50. Then they understand us as men. Then they're okay with how we are as men. You know, you mentioned the burping and farting and wanting to, you know, collect guns and drive pickup trucks and say, Hey, y'all watch this. If they're okay with that and then they enable it and they instigate it. Oh my God. You're going to marry her as long as she's hot. Right. <laughs> you know, obviously you want to be physically attracted to her. You want to like her personality. But if a woman can rise to that fourth level of enabling your masculinity, she's just going to be the greatest woman who ever lived, right? It's like when I used to road race motorcycles, some of these guys would have girlfriends who came out with them and basically were their pit crew and jumped up and down and cheered for them when they rode by at 140 miles an hour. That's one hell of a girlfriend because a lot of guys' wives are out there going, you buy a motorcycle, we're getting divorced. You know, that's just a complete lack of understanding. Scott, can I ask you a question? Sure. All right. Here's the million-dollar question, I think. Do I ever shut up? The answer is no. No, that's not the question. Food. <laughs> My question for you is, how do guys enable a woman's femininity? I'll give you the answer in reverse. And this is lifted straight out of my brand new program, which is a relationship program, by the way, for men and women. Okay, it's coming soon. Imagine you came home from work and your girlfriend, your wife, answers the door in a robe and she's got red lingerie on underneath. The first thing she does is hand you a beer. And she says, now, honey, I know you've had a tough, stressful day at work. I'm going to take you softly over to your easy chair, let you sit down give you a cute little kiss, and I'll be back, and I'll tune in your game for you, and you can just sit and relax and watch your game. I'm not going to unload on you all the drama that happened with my friends today and talk your ear off. I'm just going to go make you a hot meal. I'm going to bring it over here and put it in front of you. You can eat it while watching the game. And as soon as your game's over, I'm going to give you the best blowjob you've ever had in your entire life because you deserve it, because I adore you, and I think you're just the best. Okay, there's a chorus of guys at the end of their iPads and their computers out there going, where do I sign up? Where is that chick? That's a chick who likes men, understands men, is okay with how men are, and happy to be an enabler, right? Now, not so fast, all you guys who think that woman is incredibly wonderful and you can't wait to marry someone just like that someday. What's our equivalent to that? How can we show a woman that we like women, we understand women, we're okay with how they are, and we enable it. Well, one thing you can do is you can say to your wife, hey, you know what, honey, you've been fussing with the kids all week. You've done an amazing job balancing work and everything you do at home and with the kids. I want you to know, I'll watch the kids all day Saturday. I want you to just go disappear with your three besties and have a spa day all day long. You know, get your nails done, get your hair done, get a mani-pedi, whatever it is you're going to do. And when you come home, I want to see. I'm going to guess what color you're going to get, and I can't wait to tell you how sexy you are and just ravish you when you get home because you deserve it. You're the greatest woman in the world, and what would this family do without you? Now, somewhere 
There's a guy going, oh, hell no. I'm not going to do that for some chick. Let her earn it. I want lots of hot meals and lots of blowjobs before she gets anything even closely resembling that out of me, because I just don't trust her. I don't trust the system. And I think, McKay, you and Goldstein are both so full of crap, your eyes should be brown. Great. Die alone. Go dateless. Masturbate to porn. Because I'll tell you exactly how it happens in our house. The woman I just described in the previous example sounds a lot like my wife. And the guy I just described in the example I just gave sounds a lot like me. And when my wife and I both mutually like the other gender, respectively, we understand the other gender, we're okay with how the other gender is, and we enable the other gender, and we connect with each other, and we are attracted to each other, oh my God, the fireworks. Because we're optimistic towards each other, we're generous to each other, and we're okay with each other's sexual nature. We want more of it. For me, bringing out a woman's femininity like that is a turn-on. It makes me horny. And for any red-blooded woman who understands those four levels I just described, hey, you know what? Having her man be in his masculine that much is a huge turn-on for her. And the rewards are great for everybody. So see, instead of everybody selfishly trying to get what they want, all that giving, not only at the human do we get each other? Are we best friends level? But at that sexual level of me igniting femininity and her igniting my masculinity, once that all is fired up in a crucible together, man, the fireworks are just off the charts. That was the answer to your question. That was a perfect answer. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I mean... I'm getting a little horny just giving that answer. I know, right? I mean, when I heard the lingerie and I'm like, that is the perfect woman. And then the flip-flop... You know, for me, that was pretty easy. Like, so all we have to do is say, hey, you're doing a great job. I'm going to take some things off your plate. I want you to go enjoy yourself. That's pretty simple. Well, I think there are always different iterations of this. But what do women want? What makes women feel more like women? Well, having a guy do something that feels like provision, feels like protection giving a gift to her in the form of a day off, not just here's your credit card, go get yourself a big hairdo, you know, not like that, but making a woman feel protected, provided for, safe, and knowing that however you do that, whatever form, whatever shape that takes, she's going to respond with such an incredible level of peace and serenity and joy, knowing here's a guy who gets it. My man gets it. Women brag to their friends about boyfriends and husbands like that. You know, and sometimes that's not good for their boyfriends because they're going to hear it when they get home, you know. If you've ever heard the song Endicott, Kid Creole and the Coconuts from the 80s, you know, why can't you be like Endicott? Go look up the lyrics to that song. It's a little off the map, and he's probably a little too squeaky clean in that song. But, man, when you do things because women are overjoyed by what you do, and it's masculinity that's being flexed there instead of some sort of weird power where you're trying to coerce the woman and keep her under your thumb. What happens is the woman or women in your life get horny and they will in turn do anything for you. And I think that's the piece that's been left out. If we lead, if we're the ones who go first, it's amazing how we'll start meeting women who like us, who understand us and are okay with how we are and want to do anything to watch that shine before their very eyes. 
But when we go first, when we take that lead, that's when we see the feminine gifts in return. You know, shifting gears a little bit, at the more pragmatic level, do you think women want to get married? Do you think they want to have babies? Do you think they all want a big house? Do you think that's what every woman wants, or do you think that's stereotype? Well, I work with a ton of women, and a lot of them do want that. Oh, I agree. It's not a loaded question. Absolutely, a lot of women want that. So let's say you're a man. How do you respond to that? What if a woman shows up on a date and she tells you exactly what she wants? You know, I've talked to other guys who have purported that women will tell you exactly what they want if you relax and let them do it. And they'll do it on a first or second date. And if you simply believe what they tell you, they'll be telling you the truth. I'm not sure I disagree with that as long as she's not really shy and you can't get her to say two words strung together in a row, obviously. But women will tell you exactly where they're coming from and what they're interested in. It's that since women are equally likely as men not to have social skill, regardless of what you've ever heard before, sometimes they'll go, well, you know, are your intentions such that you're going to make me your girlfriend? And are you marriage-minded? And do you want to have children? And are you going to be faithful to me? Or are you going to keep sleeping with other women? You know, a lot of times guys hear this on the first date, and it's like a woman's trying to issue all these interview questions. And he's like, whoa, 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 you know, hold on a second, a little too soon. And the woman's very pushy about it. And that's really the female version of a guy pushing for sex on the first date. Anytime people feel pushed, they feel threatened and they don't feel quite as comfortable as they should. And, you know, don't kid yourself. As a guy, I'm not afraid to admit that we as men want a woman who makes us feel safe and comfortable also, not necessarily physically, but certainly emotionally. We don't want her embarrassing us. We don't want her running off with our best friend because that would be humiliating. You know, we need a woman we can trust just like a woman does. So, yeah, women will be a little pushy about those things. But I would agree. Most of the women I've met ultimately really do want to make babies and to have a stable relationship. And a lot of them like to have a nice nest with some amenities to be able to do that. Not every woman. And if it's not your thing as a guy, so be it. But yeah, a lot of women really do want that. And more women than most guys could ever guess also would love to be stay-at-home moms and be freed up from having to go work all day. That's not to say they don't want a cottage industry to take care of. And some women really do want to have a career, and they're very empowered in that career. But most women somehow, I would agree, want to have babies, want to have some stability in terms of that relationship, you know, for the most part. Everybody in the world is going to be unique and different. Well, you know, earlier you asked me um, while we were talking for fun if women care about money. And the answer is, well, some of them do. But for all of us men out there, we probably don't want the woman that is a gold digger. So who cares about that woman? Once we find out that she's that, you know, we get rid of her and we move on to the next woman. So I think it's a, a pretty simple solution for when we run into a gold digger. Right, Scott? Yeah, well, I would agree that there are probably about as many women focused on money out there as there are men. In fact, probably more men than women. So, yeah, that would be a kind of woman that you would avoid for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of times guys are like, hey, you know, I got this really fancy car to impress women. Do you think women are impressed by cars? I mean, they might be a little bit. 
But once again, like I was talking about earlier, a lot of the women that you want to be with already have successful careers and have something going on. So they are, they want you to have a good job, but they're looking for that more so that when we have a conversation, we have things to talk about so that you have the skill set to understand women like Scott talked about. So you can provide safety so you can be a man and be masculine and provide and take her on dates and talk to her and make her feel special and know that the effort needs to be put in, that you need to text her and you need to call her and you need to take her on dates, you know, make her feel special by buying her things occasionally and even small things. And also even be smart enough to realize how you're going to score points with a woman that you're going to score one at a time. You know, I always talk about when Kobe Bryant, um, you know, bought that, he cheated on his wife and then he bought her like a $20 million ring or whatever it was. And everyone's like, whoa, that's going to get him out of the doghouse. But really, when he bought that ring, he only gets one point. And if we're trying to score 100 points with a woman, well, every time we do something, we score one point. We go on a big vacation with her, one point. We take her out to dinner, one point. You hold the door for her, a point. You help her with her coat, one point. You know, order her dinner if she's okay with it, one point. So really just that this is what I'm talking about, aggressiveness and effort is just putting in that effort and being consistent about it is what's going to get you to go places. Well, I think if the only time you ever buy a woman in your life flowers is after you've screwed up, you're missing out on a major life truth <laughs> that you're not going to be able to buy your way out of the doghouse without her feeling a little resentful towards it. Absolutely. And that's going to be a new trigger. Every time she gets flowers, she's going to associate that with the pain of you doing something wrong. So that's not good. Now, along the same lines of what you were talking about, do you think women need you to make more money than they do? Do you think they want you to be higher status and have a better job than they do? I once wrote about the first female U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds pilot, and she was married. And the guy she was married to basically ran the Air Force's equivalent of Top Gun in Germany. He was the chief fighter pilot of the whole Air Force. That was the kind of man it took to impress her, if you're going to use the word impress. But um, do you think that that's something that's pretty much universal with all women? And that's why women who are high status and make lots of money have a particularly hard time getting a guy? Well, actually, I think a lot of the time it can be the insecurity of the man that really prevents the relationship. You know, even like my fiance is 5'11". So men that are shorter than her might be afraid to go date her. And maybe she's okay with it. Maybe she's not. Maybe, you know, most women say they want someone taller. I'm six feet, but when she wears heels, she's three inches, four inches taller than me. But I go, whoa, I got this sexy woman with like long legs and she looks amazing. She looks like a supermodel. I'm so lucky. Instead of being like, oh, I feel like less of a man, like she's taller than me and blah, blah, blah. No. And then it's the same thing with money. They just really want someone who's financially stable and can, you know, be able to go on vacations and, you know, be stable, basically. But once again, what they're looking for is you to be able to talk to them and communicate, protect her, make her feel safe. So as long as we as men can get over our insecurities, and as long as the woman doesn't emasculate us by saying, I make all the money, it's going to be fine. And we can move past that and have amazing relationships. Yeah, I think ultimately what a woman wants is for you to believe you're in her league. She wants the man to have the balls to believe he deserves her. And then she'll believe he deserves her because he believes it. I've often said the number one indicator of men who are good with women 
men who are successful with women is they believe they should be successful with the kind of women they want. And of course, the greater your confidence level in terms of the quality of woman you feel you can get, the higher quality of a woman you will get. I will say this kind of to wrap up this conversation, though. One thing women don't want is they don't want a man who is prettier than they are. So if you think you're not good looking enough to get a good looking woman or a woman who's really very beautiful, put that one on the shelf and get over yourself because there's no way in hell a woman wants a man who's better looking than she is. She does not want to be upstaged by the guy she's with when she's going out on the town with him. Scott, that was the best thing I've heard out of your mouth for two reasons. Uh, <laughs> well, it's good. I'm glad I could at least have one slam dunk on this show somewhere, but go ahead. No, you had a lot of slam dunks. Don't get me wrong, but this was my favorite because you hit on two things. First of all, let me tell you a story. When I was single, I started putting on some weight like we all tend to do. Of course, it was in my midsection, so I was getting a little bit of a belly. And I was, you know, getting a little self-conscious, like, oh, man, I'm starting to get fat. But then all of a sudden, I still had my confidence that I, you know, deserve women. I was getting dates and getting second dates and third dates with better quality, more beautiful women than the rest of my life. As because what Scott said is I wasn't prettier than them. They felt comfortable around me. I was confident I could do everything else. So you don't need to be, you know, Brad Pitt or whatever to get, you know, attractive, high quality women. And then the second thing you said that was brilliant was there was a scientific study where they went to women, thousands of women, and said, what's the number one quality you want in a man? And the highest ranked thing was always confidence. So if confidence is king, if you go out there and no matter what you're into, you wear it and you own it, women are going to be attracted to that because that's a man that knows who he is and is ready to present himself to you and and see if it fits. Being an incredibly I'm going to go ahead and use the term beautiful man. Being an incredible pretty boy is a lot like being a woman who makes a whole lot of money. <laughs> Your That's dating right. pool is going to shrink because of the confidence level of the other gender and because of perhaps your inability to respect very many of the members of the gender you're trying to attract. That's not to say that a really good-looking guy isn't going to end up with a marginally attractive woman, but for the most part, a lot of women are intimidated by really good-looking men, just like a lot of men are intimidated by women who are very successful at their careers and make lots of money. So I think that's absolutely spot on, for sure. Hey, it's time to wrap up this program, but I want to go ahead and let these guys know, Mike, where they could find you. You have your own website, Shock a Block, with a bunch of blog posts and wonderful things that they can read and in the process, figure out more about who you are and what you're about. If they haven't already figured that out based on this podcast, and you can go to a special URL that I've set up for you as usual, which is www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash Goldstein. I have to go with the last name here because we've had various and sundry Mike's and Michael's on this show. So it's G O L D S T E I N www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash Goldstein. Michael Goldstein from New York City, thank you so much for a stimulating conversation. It's been a lot of fun, and um, you seem like a guy who really understands women, and it's no mystery to me why you have a tall, leggy supermodel of a fiancé. Good on you there. <laughs> 
Thank you so much uh, for that. And uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. This was a lot of fun. I actually learned a lot. So uh, thank you for educating me as well. I appreciate it. Well, you know, something these guys need to know is you usually coach women, which is why you're particularly qualified to talk about what women want. So we may as well uh, highlight that point right here before we close. But yeah, man, great show. I'm glad you were on. Yeah, it was a blast. Thanks again. And guys, if you're not on the newsletter list yet, I know I talk about this all the time, but go to www.mountaintoppodcast.com and get you some. I'm going to give you real, actionable, fluff-free information on a daily basis about how to be a better man, get better women in your life, and if you've already got a good woman in your life, what to do with her, how to treat her, and how to make it go from good to great. That's all there for you at www.mountaintoppodcast.com. And by the way, be on the lookout for a brand new program, my first one in over a year, that I'm actually producing with my lovely wife, Emily. It's the first one we've ever done together, and it will be all about how to have the kind of relationship that makes other couples jealous and how to have that relationship last forever and be mutually fulfilling and gratifying the kind of relationship we all dream of having. Emily and I have done a program for you on exactly how to make that happen, which I think is a first for men. You know, there are programs like that for women. This is the first one ever, I think, for men that I know of. And it's geared for you. It's going to be in the language you want to hear and can understand. And uh, that's coming real soon. So uh, fire up. The bonuses in that program are through the roof, by the way. So uh, definitely look forward to that. And until I talk to you again on the next episode of the Mountaintop Podcast, this is Scott McKay from sunny San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Mountaintop Podcast is copyright 2016 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>